What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. It's very hard to say my name correctly. I'm like, Brian! Yeah, Brian! <laughs> What's your deal, man? Well, you know what us ultra-liberals say. When it comes to drugs, lies are okay. Your midweek download destination. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanooga. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Hello, everybody. Thank you for finding the show. However it is you do so, download it on your favorite podcast app, SoundCloud page, or stoneonair.com are all the easiest ways to find the show, occasionally on YouTube as well. One of the most listened to, downloaded, and most easily accessible show in the city, yet there's still some people who don't quite understand what it is. Surprise. Shocker. More on that in a minute. First Wednesday of May. It is the third of the month to be exact. And April turned out exactly how I needed it to be. It is a candidate for the hashtag best month ever. Uh, it was so much fun. Nothing monumental happened. Nothing like, you know, just so over the top cool happened. It just, it was a steady flow of coolness. And I'm going to take May off as much as possible and just kind of settle down and get ready for June, which I believe could also fall into the candidacy of best month ever. So how's that for I'm always negative, pessimistic guy? <laughs> <laughs> I've got optimism that June is going to be just as good as April, so I'm going to get ready for it accordingly. I'm also in a little bit of a mood. Looking forward to Stone's Throw. Haven't done that here recently. A uh, little house cleaning before we get to that. Colonel Bruce Hampton died, and that that was a huge bummer for a lot of people that I knew, and then after I got to reflect on it, it was a bummer for me as well. I'll talk about that before Stone's Throw. Let's see. I have drive-by trucker tickets to give away, and I'll tell you how you can win those tickets. It's a very short turnaround on this. The show is May 4th, Thursday night at Track 29. This is being released and posted early morning May 3rd, which means you have about 24, maybe closer to 32 hours to get in on this uh, th- this giveaway, and I'll tell you the specifics and details on that in the, in the final segment of the show. Uh, I do want to say this out loud. I don't know how many people listen to this who are also listeners of the old station. I uh, do not like that radio station, Talk Radio 102.3. I think it's a bunch of fraudulent bullshit, to be honest with you. But Kevin West has been gone on Navy duty. He was my old boss for many, many years and somebody I looked up to a lot. And I think does incredible work, and I wish him well with a radio station that he will not even be able to recognize when he gets back. I hear he'll be back from his naval duty on the 3rd, the day that this this podcast is released, or at least this week sometime. He's been gone over a year, about a year and eh, about two year and two months or so, and I welcome you back, Kevin, and I love you to death, and I hope that your radio station goes out of business, but I hope you find... Lucrative work doing something else once your radio station goes out of business. All right. (laughs) Backhanded compliment, I know. Kevin West, I love you. That's all I wanted to say. Murder, She Spoke, and Brew Chat 
are both two local podcasts. Brew Chat's been around for a little while. Murder She Spoke is very, very new. I think the, I think the fourth episode was just recorded, and I am a guest on both the latest of those editions of those podcasts. And I had so much fun doing them. I've never done anybody else's podcast. Brew Chat is about in the end beer, but it's it's a little more human interest than just conversational. And Murder, She Spoke is a podcast about real-life murder stories. And me and Penny did Murder, She Spoke in the last week, and me and, and the Brew Chat guys did one as well. So that was a lot of fun and leads me into more of my irritation with the way things have gone with the local publication that I'll get to in Stone's Throw here in just a minute. But the other night... The first night of May 2017, there was a huge party at Atlanta's Fox Theater. If you've never been to Fox Theater, it is an incredible venue. I've only been there once, and it's been, damn, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since I've been uh, to, this, to this venue, but it's incredible. And there was a big birthday celebration for Colonel Bruce Hampton for his 70th birthday on the 1st, on uh, May 1st. And it was a who's who from the jam band scene and and more than just the jam band scene. Dave Schools, uh, John Fishman from, from Fish, Chuck Lavelle, Jimmy Herring, Warren Haynes, uh, I'm going on, let's see, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, John Popper, Susan Tedeschi, and I'm sure that means Derek Trucks. Yeah, Derek Trucks was there. The list goes on and on from people you've heard of to people you haven't heard of. There was a 14-year-old kid playing like this prodigy playing guitar towards the very end, and Bruce Hampton damn rolled over and died right in the middle of the show. I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean, I don't mean it's funny. It's just like, wow, are you, are you kidding me? And I know a lot of people that were there, he, he kind of just went down to a knee and then just kind of laid down. He was basically, I guess, going into some kind of... Um, Heart failure of some sorts. I mean, they haven't they haven't released, but I mean, he's the grandfather of the jam scene. He played with the Grateful Dead back in the day. He was a constant figure in the jam band scene. And I know a lot of people think that that's a little lame, depending on what you are or aren't into. And the jam band thing is something that has become more on my periphery these days. But a band like Widespread Panic is one of my favorite bands of all time. Not because they're this amazing jam band, because they are also that. Just because I think the rock and roll is incredible. Like, I think it's, it's so much fun. Um, I think Fish is a great band. Don't care to ever see them live again. And I've kinda, I kind of grew in and out of that over the course of the last decade and a half. Around 2001, because that's the first time I saw Panic, into 2002, I, there was a cultural shift in my life where I started hanging out with different people. And I had just turned 21, 22 years old, and I started listening to different music. I was the grunger 90s kid. I was the classic rock guy, Zeppelin, Stones, Grateful Dead, and Pearl Jam. And, and, and Grateful Dead was, they, 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 had, they coexisted in different genres. They weren't, just because you like Grateful Dead doesn't mean you were this huge jam band fan, necessarily. And then, of course, in the 90s, the big grunge movement, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, go, the list goes on and on. And then as it, the, we flipped into the new century, I stumbled into a panic show and walked away with really a, a mindset change and really a lifestyle change. And I started going to panic shows, 
two and three and four some odd at a time during a week and traveling around, not following them, quote unquote, but going to a lot of shows anytime they were within a couple hundred miles of, of Chattanooga. And then other bands I started getting into, like Humphreys McGee and Moe and, and Government Mule and Warren Haynes and a lot of these bands, especially Warren Haynes, transcends different genres. And I really just found this whole new world of music that I never paid attention to growing up. And all these people who love this music all have this same mutual respect for Colonel Bruce Hampton. For some reason, I never allowed myself to appreciate his music like everybody else did. And I don't have a there's not a good reason for that. It just didn't happen. And so he played it at at, um, at Wayne White's exhibit to Wayne Rama like two weeks ago. He plays all over the country and maybe the world in some respects. And to me, he was just some older dude who I thought, you know, a little more strings, maybe a little more closer to a bluegrass kind of sound at times. And I don't have any music to play from him uh, on the show because the only song I know of his is a song called Fixin' to Die. And I don't, I don't think that's probably the best song to play a day and a half after he dies on stage. But there is also a certain, certain level of, I don't know what the right word is. Is appreciation the right word? I'm not sure. But dying on stage, you know, 70's a little young. But dying on stage in what seemed to be at least in a some kind of semblance of, of a little bit of peacefulness. It, was, it, it didn't look like it was horrifying based on the grainy footage you can find on YouTube and other sources. But he died on stage with all his friends jamming after a, a career of 40 years doing this. There's something poetic about that to me. There really is something poetic about that. And then all the people I knew that were at that show, I mean, at least a dozen people on social media that I, that I knew personally, and then maybe a half dozen more that I didn't necessarily know, who were there just were just a range of emotions on social media. So at first I just thought, oh, well, he died. Old guy's dead. And then I started looking into it, realizing his importance to the scene, and then reminiscing on my appreciation for the scene that I've kind of grown out of. It's, it's, and I love Panic because I think their music's great. I don't love Panic because they jam all night long. I don't do, you know, I don't do drugs anymore. I don't, that was another thing back in those days in 2002 to 2000, I don't know, uh, 12 maybe that, that, you know, the, 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 the recreational drugs that made these bands sound and seem so much better at times. I was all about, and now I'm not. So sometimes if it's not a set list that I love, I get a little bored. And that would be evident at the 420 Fest from a couple weeks ago when on Saturday they played a bunch of songs I didn't really care for. And on Sunday they played two rocking ass hot sets back to back of songs I loved. Didn't have anything to do with drugs. It had to do with great music. But the scene has got its uh, eclectic nature and its eccentric nature. And uh, I respect that. And, and, and Colonel Bruce Hampton was a big part of that and um just it's just it's it's amazing how that went down and and the a range of emotions that people had this is the stone on air podcast my name is brian stone did you guys realize that it is the golden age 
of the podcasting industry. Did you did you realize that? I wasn't certain, and I'm still not sure that's true. And there's a local rag in town that at best isn't paying attention and at worst is playing favoritism. What am I talking about? Stone's Throw is right now. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right. The golden age. What does that mean exactly? Well, there's a handful of different definitions. Depends on what you look at. There's Webster's. There's Dictionary.com. There's Urban Dictionary. So a couple I found here just with a quick search. The most flourishing period in the history of a nation or literature, etc. The period in life traditionally characterized by wisdom. The period when a specified art skill or activity is at its peak. And so that final definition there, when using a sentence, the golden age of cinema. So that final definition from a quick Google search of the period when a specified art skill or activity is at its peak. The other day, there was a, and I knew this was coming. I, I, I rarely don't know when something's coming, at least in a day or two in advance. Because somebody you know, tells me they know or thinks I'm going to be interested and gives me a heads up. That's not always true, but sometimes it is. Oftentimes it is. There's a story from, or a piece, a feature, a vignette. It's not a story. From CityScope Magazine. Now, by my best estimation, somebody is heavily subsidizing this publication slash website. But I can't figure out who. Now, there's plenty of the usual suspects. Of course, EPP's there. But I'm not sure exactly who is subsidizing this. I don't know if the city's got a hand in it. I, I just, I honestly don't, I do not know. I know that there's Chatter, which is a, a Times Free Press uh, rag. There's there's a couple others. Chattanooga Magazine that is done um, by uh, the market folks, some of Chris Thomas and them. But this is City Scope Magazine. You've seen it in, all over the city. It's glossy page. It's nice. It's higher end. I don't know where they get the money to do this, but... Anyway, they put out a, a feature called The Golden Age of Podcasting Hits Chattanooga. Now, I know I'm not going to be involved in this because nobody hit me up in advance. And again, I knew that it was coming. And it highlights four, one, two, three, four podcasts in the city. Now, I want everybody involved on these podcasts. I don't know if anybody, you know, my, my colleagues and my peers listen to this all the time. I don't know. But I want John and Carlos and Heather and Mike and Matt. Uh, those are all the, the names of the people who were featured in this piece. I don't want you guys to be mad at me. I, this, is, this has nothing to do with you. And I know two-thirds of you personally. And, a, and, a, and the other third I have only know through social media and just industry like Mike Miller from UTC. I don't, I mean, of course, he hates me probably right now because I've been trashing Panhandle Radio WTC a lot recently and I won't stop. And uh, like Matt from the Camp House. I, I've never met Matt, dude, but I go to your coffee shop all the time. When I drink coffee, that's where I'm doing it. John and Carlos from Chattanooga Eats, I consider them friends of mine. 
Heather from uh, Open Mic Spotlight, of course she's a friend of mine. I've known her for well over a year now. And whoever else I'm forgetting about at this point, who am I also forgetting about? I think that's it. That was it. It's because it's only four that were featured. But guess who's not on that list? Well, this podcast, one of the most popular podcasts in the in the area, if not the most popular, not mentioned. And I know what your just bitter guy is going to say. I'll stop you before you say it. There's also another podcast in this city called Brew Chat. Just talked about it a minute ago. They're also not mentioned in this piece. A industry that is dying for publicity. And this magazine, this rag, this piece of recyclables gives a little bit of publicity to the industry locally and leaves out two of the most well-known shows in the city? What's going on here? And so at first I think, well, hell, I guess, you know, maybe, you know, they just didn't know. Well, I have found out in the last 24 hours for absolute fact that they are perfectly aware of this show. Now, I'm not sure about the bra- the, the, the Brew Chat show and my, my buddy Tanner. I don't know. But the brass, the editors, the featured writers or whatever they're considered at City Scope Magazine, they know exactly what this show is and for some reason felt like it was not worth highlighting. I've got some good ideas for this uh, City Scope publication going forward. Let's see. Maybe in the next like couple weeks, what you could do is you could do a feature on local Chattanooga restaurants, locally owned, locally uh, conceptualized, and uh, the success stories of which, and the success stories of each. You could do that. That'd be a huge deal. And in the process, not even mention champies. That'd be a good. That'd be a good feature. Or how about this? You could do a feature on local news stations that have been able to fight through new media and stay relevant in the city of Chattanooga. And you could feature all the ones except leave out WRCB and PBS. Or here's a good one, too. You could do a feature on local trail running in and around the surrounding areas of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you can fail to contact Randy Orton and Wild Trails. That doesn't make any damn sense, does it? Of course it doesn't. You would get a hold of anybody who has relevance. All right, the hater says, all right, fine, bro, you're not relevant, so they didn't get a hold of you. All right. Again, all the shows that were highlighted, I love you. But here's the facts. One of those shows started in August of 2016. 34 episodes. One of those shows started in July of 2016. 10 episodes. One of those shows also started in July of 2016. 51 episodes. 95 total podcasts created by three of the four of the features, and one of the features, the one I left out, is a radio guy at Panhandle Radio WTC who does this every single day, who turns his radio programming into podcasts, which is not even really the same thing. 95 shows amongst three of the four featured. Between my show and Brew Chat, 
We have 60 more shows combined and over a full more year of experience on the scene of the building up to the quote-unquote golden age of podcasting hitting Chattanooga, Tennessee. They have 95. Between me and Tanner over at Brew Chat, we have 152. Not to mention the 15 standalone YouTube professionally multi-camera shot YouTube videos that I have and the half dozen that Tanner has. These are multimedia showcases with this isn't just some asshole with a with a iPhone being a podcaster. This is a real two legitimate entities in this industry and this publication has decided for some reason to exclude them from their big showcase. I mean that's fine whatever. Okay. You know, in one in one hand, it's favoritism, and in another, it's just it's just shoddy research, and it's a fraudulent educational entertainment informational source, putting them on the list of another one of these frauds around here that have huge platforms that they could do a lot of really good things with, and because of whatever reason, which I'm not sure what that reason is, but whatever it is, has decided to not have a thorough comprehensive look at something therefore i say anything else i see from this rag from this piece of of recyclable paper is nothing other than that and i know you're just bitter guys you say well you didn't put your show on there so you're mad well yeah of course i'm mad i'm not so not not just bitter i'm also bitter and it's not just my show it's another highly successful show why you wouldn't do that if, if you're doing other, other entities in this city. Why in an industry that so badly needs the publicity? Is it because I, I don't like everything the, the EPB does? Is it, is it because Tanner said some things on his show that they don't like? I, I just don't know. Or is it just pure ignorance? Is it just nepotism? Is it just favoritism? Is it just celebrating mediocrity like this city always does? Again, I'm not mad, I'm not mad at Heather and John and Carlos and Matt and, and, and Mike even though I know a couple of you probably think I'm a total asshole. I, that's fine. This isn't about that. It's embarrassing is what it is. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic and it's embarrassing. And it's just another avenue, another highly subsidized by some kind of nonprofit or some kind of government entity that is that is subsidizing a, a very potentially powerful medium and a powerful voice and it's being run in a very suspicious way it's just another one of those it's a good old boy network man i love this town and some of the cool things that come about it but it is a it is a good old boy network watch what you say watch what you do watch who you do or don't hang out with or you might be excluded from the club and that that that's what this screams of that's what it screams of. So I don't know how many people I've pissed off at this point, but I will tell you this. I mean, it might be the golden age of podcasting, and I might not be in that conversation, and I might be looked at as some kind of throwaway piece of trash over here, but I got a couple tickets to the drive-by truckers at Track 29 that the venues contacted me today and said, hey, I've got some ticket giveaways. You want in? Of course I do. Why? Because there are people who value entertainment and, and hardworking people in this city, and they know I love drive-by truckers, and I'll tell you how you can win a pair of tickets coming up next. 
This is a song by Cracker. It's called The Golden Age. Because apparently we are in the golden age of podcasting as it hits Chattanooga. Only when we feature it, two of the most popular shows in the city are left out. Why? I'm not sure. But it seems very odd to me. And CityScope Magazine knows exactly who I am. And I know that for a fact. I'll tell you how to win those drive-by truckers tickets next. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, and the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga, especially during the city's golden age of podcasting. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Weekly Dose for May 3rd, 2017, and I will be right back. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for finding it. At Stone On Air on all social media, stoneonair.com, or just download it to your favorite podcasting app, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spreaker. Do I need to keep going in this piece from or feature? from that rag city scope the four featured podcasters again who I'm not mad at that I know half or more of them two thirds of them and I hope they're not mad at me it said how to find the show and I thought well if I had been invited to participate it would say how do you find the show everywhere because if it's available to be found I'm there it's the most easily accessible show in the city. This is a song called Roman Cassiano from the Drive-By Truckers. If you listen to this show with any regularity at all, then you know that this is my favorite song of the year 2016. It's an, yet another example of the band Drive-By Truckers teaching history within three and a half minute rock and roll songs. It is, it is truly remarkable. And anybody who looks at them as just a trash redneck band don't know what the hell they're talking about. They'll be here at Track 29, May 4th. And so the turnaround, obviously, is very quick on this. And if you uh, would like to go to this show and you're listening on the day that this show is released, like my show is every single Wednesday, it's your midweek download destination. If you're listening on the 3rd or very early on the 4th on a Thursday morning, I, th- I think I'll put the cutoff time unofficially around 1, around 1 o'clock on Thursday. Share this show. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook, hell, if you want to post it somehow on Instagram, I'm at Stone on Air on every single social media. Hell, I guess if you figure out a way to do some kind of stupid Snapchat thing, that'll work too. And if there's one of you, then you're in. If there's two of you, you got a 50-50 chance. If there's three of you, you got a one in three chance. You get the you get the drill. So uh, share this show's link, and you'll be registered for those tickets. And I think they're about 20 bucks. 
I mean, it's, it's no tiny little dollar amount. It's not a bunch of money either. I mean, if you, if you don't win them, you love the truckers, you should still pay the dollars. But why do that when you can get them for free? So share the show on Twitter or Facebook and tag me at Stone on Air, and you'll be in the drawing. Again, there, there's not going to be but a few people. I mean, this show doesn't get listened to immediately every week. Uh, you know, According to City Scope magazine, it appears that they don't think anybody listens to this show. I don't know. So I was going to do a whole thing on um, the ESPN firings that just went down about a week ago because it really is interesting. And it's not about ESPN as much as it is about the new distribution of media and news that has finally become a real thing. And it's something that I am excited about. Like, I am beyond excited about. I got fired from the old archaic radio industry at a really good time because it was right when things were were starting to spread to, to turn into a new distribution, new viable and relevant distribution. And also, just to go back from the last segment, I was doing podcasting and multimedia with this show, with the, with the old radio show, way before it was a standalone-only podcast. It was a radio show slash podcast, kind of like what Mike Miller over at Panhandle Radio WUTC is doing. Good for him. There's nothing wrong with that. Needing a little tower that gets you 6,000 watts or 20,000 watts to go a handful of miles inside of a city limits is just not a viable way to get your uh, information out. And the internet has become a real thing. And we're 10 years removed from the very first iPhone. And now we're getting to the point where having cable subscriptions and being dictated what it is we do or don't want to watch is not really a thing anymore. It's going away. And I'm going to go into this a little bit more in detail next week because I've got to wrap this thing up here as I want to keep this thing to a uh, concise and and, and, and right-to-the-point 30-minute show. But ESPN laid off a whole bunch of people last week because they have been building their model on a speculative nature, a speculative nature that the cable dictation of what you do and don't watch is going to continue, and it's it's not going to continue. Um, you pay for every single channel you get. Why in the hell would, in this day and age, would anybody pay for every single channel? That's where the cable conglomerates have, have, have begun to finally realize now, they're looking to realize it doesn't work this way anymore. ESPN costs $7.50-ish. It's just under $8 a month for every asshole that has cable every person your aunt your uncle your grandmother your grandfather your 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 dad your mom your cousins your neighbors your co-workers every single one of them pays almost eight bucks a month for uh, for for espn that was a hell of a, a scam while it worked and all these exclusive ways to get programming are slowly breaking apart and slowly dissolving, and you're going to be able to just pay for what you want. At some point in your, our lives, if you want to watch you know, the Braves game, you're just going to go to your device and say, okay, I'll pay a buck and I'll watch the Braves game today. And that's going to happen one of these days. That's further on down the road. But this whole idea, I'm going to subscribe to a package that gives me 120 channels, 100 and nine of them I never watch yet still pay for is an absurd concept 
and it's going by the wayside. And that's why ESPN has been having to lay off so many people because they they thought they were going to continue to get $7 a piece from every single person subscribing to the to, to these services and people are dropping off by the double digit millions every quarter, every month, damn near every week. And that's that's a that's a problem the entire industry has to deal with and people who have podcasts and people who have web webcasts and people who do things online and do it well are going to prosper from that. So I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And there's still some people that want to have their cable subscriptions because they like the way it works and they like that. That's fine. Good for you. No one's saying that's wrong. But there's a whole bunch of us out there that don't want to do that anymore. More on that maybe into the next week or so. Um, got several shows coming up. I've also got a bunch of stuff on the Millennials I've been sitting on. I'm going to be at the Run of the Chihuahuas on Saturday, Cinco de Mayo Saturday. That's not the actual 5th of May, but it's the 6th, I think. I'll be down there live. Come on by and say hello. And be sure to share today's show on either Facebook or Twitter or anything, as long as you tag at Stone on Air in it, and you might be going to see the Drive-By Truckers Thursday night. Hey, maybe we even hang out. I don't know. We'll see. It might get weird. I'm not sure. It depends. I got to go. Don't be like local panhandling radio stations and 6,000-watt pissant stations and recyclable paper throwaway rags. Don't be frauds, because the truth is easy to remember. And this space is getting bigger and bigger, even if City Scope Magazine doesn't want to admit it. So I ask you to continue to watch it. See you, bye.